0: You know, messing up is never good, but when you do it in front of 400 people, it just takes it to a new level, doesn't it? So, okay, all right. Let's start all over again. Back in the 1960s and the 1970s, uh, when I was growing up, there was a duo and uh, a singing group. And you'll remember when I tell you, many of you will anyway, the Righteous Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You you remember the Righteous Brothers. Wow, They, they were a big deal in the day. And boy, could they sing. But you know, there was something interesting about the Righteous Brothers. And I was real disappointed when I found this out. They were not brothers. The Righteous Brothers were not brothers. And then I found this out. They didn't sing gospel music. They didn't sing Christian music. They sang rhythm and blues and soul music. So how in the world did they get the name Righteous Brothers? Well, in order to answer that question, all we have to do is just look at some of the language that was used in the subcultures of the nineteen sixties and nineteen seventies. For instance, the hippies. Yeah. Any hippie any, any reform hippies? <laughs> and the, hold your hand up if you were a hippie. You know, yeah. Yeah. Or how about this, the surfer dudes? Yeah, the surfer dudes. And, and then there was the rhythm and blues movement. And then the rock and roll. I don't think they call it rock and roll anymore, but it was rock and roll in those days. But in those days, that subculture, listen, would use the word righteous all the time. And when they used the word righteous, they were, they were referring uh, to something awesome, something amazing, something good, something cool, something exciting, uh, maybe something pure. They might, they might say, that's pure, uh, they were talking about something that was genuine, something that was wonderful. And we could just go on and on and on. But, but when they used the word righteous, amen, that is really something. That's something. It, it wouldn't be unusual. Uh, is Dennis Litchfield in here. He's, he's our surfer. Anyway, get on to him. Tell him I said something ugly about him or something. <laughs> but one of the surfer dudes may say that was a righteous wave. He's talking about, man, that was a great wave. Man, that was an amazing wave. And, and somebody's in the cars might say, that's a righteous car, that's a dream car. That's the car I've always wanted. Maybe if somebody was picking a guitar and, and making some good music, somebody might say, that's some righteous music. By the way, we have some righteous music on this stage, don't we? Wow, some righteous praise. And, and worship. Well, back to the duo. So when the, when the Righteous Brothers first started, they were not called the Righteous Brothers. And they got together, and they were doing some concerts. And they did a concert one night. And there was a Marine in the audience. And after he heard them sing, he shouts out, that's Righteous Brothers. And it stuck. And to this day, they're known as the righteous brothers. Now, with that in mind, I want to talk to you this morning about righteousness. But I want to talk to you about righteousness almost, not exactly the same, definitely some improvement. But I want to talk to you about righteousness that's used in the Bible almost like it was back in the 60s and 70s. Referring to something wonderful, referring to something glorious, referring to something magnificent, uh, uh, over the top, the very best. That's the kind of righteousness I want to talk to you about today. Now, uh, first of all, I need to clear something up. And I believe with all my heart that what you're about to hear will help some of you for the rest of your Christian life. And that is, I need to tell you something that if you don't know, you need to know this or you'll stay confused for the rest of your Christian life. Here it is. There's two types of righteousness in the Bible. There's two. And you have to understand the difference between the two. The first and most important type of righteousness is imputed. That word means it's given to us. That word means it's credited to our account. You see, the moment you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, you humbled yourself before the Lord and you said, I'm a sinner and you repented of your sins and you put your faith and trust in the blessed Lord Jesus Christ, at that moment, he credited your account with his righteousness. It, it, it's, almost, it's almost too good to be true. The, the, the moment you truly believed in him, he blessed you with his righteousness. He took you out of the position you were in relating to God, and he lifted you up and put you in another position where you were as right with God as he was and is. And that's the reason they call it positional righteousness because that's exactly what it is. It's positional righteousness. You repented of your sins, you bowed before the Lord, You gave your heart to him, you surrendered your life to him, and he took your sin, and he gave you his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I got to tell you, if you've never been saved, if you've never experienced it, oh, praise God. God, let this be the day because it is amazing. It is absolutely wonderful. Let me just give you a few scriptures to back it up. Romans 4, 3, and 5 says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him. By the way, accounted, accredited imputed. It was accounted to him for righteousness. But that's Old Testament. So let's move to the New Testament, which this is a a Romans account. It says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is, there it is again, accounted for righteousness. Faith in him brings righteousness to our account. It's a beautiful thing. Philippians 3, 9. It just doesn't get any better than this. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God. Say it with me. By faith. See, that's one type of righteousness. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that the kind of righteousness I'll talk to you about today doesn't even compare to that kind of righteousness. Righteousness. That that's the absolute most important righteousness of all miss this. And it doesn't matter what else you do in your whole life. you got to have this. you got to have this is righteousness. That's all about him. But listen to me, child of God. There is a righteousness in the Bible. That's all about us. It's all about us. It's all about our obedience. It's all about us obeying him. You see, we believe and we receive his righteousness. We obey his teachings and we walk in righteousness. L- listen to this. You've heard me quote this many times and I'll just put a few words up there, but this is Romans six sixteen. It says, know ye not, That to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. There it is. Sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You see, there is a righteousness that does not come to us except through obedience. Obedience unto righteousness. Say it with me obedience unto righteousness. See, this is what's called not positional. That comes at salvation. This is what's called practical righteousness. This is everyday righteousness. This is walking, talking, breathing, living righteousness on a daily basis. This is about us living out What he has done in us. Now I want to tell you this. No matter how far you walk down this road. You will never ever one day in your life. Be more righteous than you were at the moment you trusted Christ. But that does not relieve the responsibility. Of us walking in righteousness. This is about righteous living. And righteous Behavior And the church needs to be reminded that God has called us out of a dark and dying world to be a righteous people set apart in the world for his honor and for his glory. Now, just so you'll know, I'm not off track today. I I want to share with you what one of the most respected preachers and teachers in all of America said on this subject. His name is John Piper. Here it is. Sometimes people are careless and speak disparagingly of all human righteousness as if there were no such thing that pleased God. They often cite Isaiah 64, 6, which says our righteousness is as filthy rags. It is true, gloriously true, that none of God's people before or after the cross would be accepted by an immaculately holy God if the perfect righteousness of Christ were not imputed to us. There that word is. But... That does not mean that God does not produce in those justified people before and after the cross an experiential righteousness. Are you with me? We got positional righteousness or practical or experiential righteousness here. An experiential righteousness that is not filthy rags. Church, listen to me. You and I are to be lights shining in the world. There is to be an experiential righteousness about us that's not filthy rags. In fact, it's the opposite of filthy rags. It's glowing. It's glorious. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. If you please, it's righteous. Oh, it's righteous. And, and, and he goes on to say, says, in fact, he does. And this righteousness is precious to God and is required, not as the ground of our justification, which is the righteousness of Christ, but as an evidence of our being truly justified children of God. I'm standing before you today, church, to encourage you down a pathway that the Bible talks about over and over and over, and that's living for the glory of God. He came to you when you were lost. He cleansed you when you were filthy. He changed your life when you had no hope. He gave himself to you. He took all of your sins. He gave you his righteousness. Now it's time for you and me to live according to his teachings. That's that's what this is all about. And I love what John Piper said. This is experiential righteousness. This is precious to God. It is required of us. Now, listen to this. Just so you will know, there's a difference between the two. Because I just read where Abraham was righteous by his faith, right? And everybody else is made righteous by their faith, right? That's how we're made righteous. Now, listen to this. 1 Timothy 6.11. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He's talked to him about a whole list of sins, bad sins, sins of the world. And he says, but you, O oh man of God. Oh. That's, a, that's beautiful when somebody says, you're a woman of God, you're a man of God. But you, O man of God, flee these things. He's talking about all those sinful things he was talking about in 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. He says, flee these things and pursue what? Well, wait now. Why would you pursue something you already have? Why would you do that? I'll tell you why, because it's not the same thing. You see, there's a righteousness that comes at salvation, but there is a righteousness that you and I are to pursue every step of our lives after we've been saved. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. I wish I had time to develop it all, but let me just tell you, the Bible's just filled, filled with this stuff. For instance, one passage of scripture says, seek the righteousness of God. You remember? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So righteousness is something that we should be pursuing. That's what Paul told Timothy. It's something that Jesus said we should be seeking. By the way, there's another passage in the Bible uh, that says, you're familiar with it, you've done the study of the whole armor of God, right? And it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. When a man was going into war, what we do, he'd put a breastplate on. Why? That was to protect the vital organs, the vital part of who he was. Listen, child of God, if you want to protect the vital part of who you are in Christ, you need to put on some righteousness. And you need to stop being afraid of the word righteous. It's a biblical word. And we should use it put on righteousness another passage of scripture says awake to righteousness talking to christians wake up to righteousness i'm afraid the church of jesus christ across america is asleep to righteousness my goodness awake to! and in the same verse it says and if they do not wake up it's a shame it's shameful for Christians not to wake up to righteousness. And and then yet another passage of scripture, I'll give all of these to you if you'll just call me or text me. Another passage of scripture says, increase, listen to this, increase the fruit of your righteousness. Your righteousness. When was the last time you increased the fruit of your righteousness? That's what we're supposed to do. And then this, many of you've remembered this verse, but all scripture is given to us and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Do you know the whole Bible is about giving us instruction and in how to live righteous before the Lord? You just pick your Bible. It'll instruct you on righteousness. And then we all know the one about hungering and thirst after righteousness. I'm just going to give you one more and then we'll move on. So... Uh, this is Revelation 19, seven and eight. This is about that glorious hallelujah day that's coming when the bride of Christ will meet our savior. This is good stuff right here. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife. Hey, that's us. I, it, it, it's a little uncomfortable to write when I refer to us guys as being the wife. Well, that's what it says, and I'm, I'm cool with that. And, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Oh, oh, did, did you know that, that when you and I are involved in righteous acts, when you do something that's righteous, I don't know how it will all play out. But somehow in the lives of every born again child of God, when you are involved in righteous acts, that act does not fade away. You may not remember, but God remembers it. And one day it'll all be put together in, in the fabric of adorning the church for an encounter with the one who saved us. I wanna tell you something. You go out of here today and you do something righteous and it won't be forgotten. It'll be part of the adornment of the bride of Christ in the days to come. So I wanna to talk to you about righteousness, okay? And I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot just a little bit and then I'm gonna take away all the pressure. When was the last time you did something righteous? Nobody's jumping up and running to the stage. We don't have a line up here. When was the last time you did something that was righteous? I know. I know. Every one of you. Every one of you. I know the last time you did something righteous. Are you ready for this? I'm about to tell you the last thing you did that was righteous. You ready to hear it? You're doing it right now. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhort one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible teaches us. By the way, everything the Bible teaches us is what? Righteous. And in obedience to the scriptures, you came. And you're here. And you're doing something that's righteous right now. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm doing something righteous right now. Yeah, now you may need to add to that and say, pray for me, I'll do something righteous this afternoon. Um, but by the way, if you didn't want to come to church today, if somebody made you come to church today, then you can change your mind right now. And you can say, you know what, I was made to come, but I changed my mind, I want to be here. If you just did that, that's righteous. That's that's righteous. Uh, So let me ask you a question. When was the last time you gave somebody some money? That was righteous. Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. When was the last time you prayed for someone? You had somebody on your heart, and you honestly offered up a prayer. The Bible says pray one for another. Uh, These are righteous acts. When was the last time you almost said something about someone and then you caught yourself and you held your tongue because you knew it was gossip. You knew it was slander. You knew you'd be speaking evil of that person and you didn't do it. You made a choice based on the teaching of God's word. That was a righteous choice. You're not as bad as you thought you were, are you? (laughs) Wow. Wow. When was the last time the Holy Spirit told you to do something and you did it? I'm telling you the other day I was praying and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I mean, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. He spoke to me and told me to do something. And, and I didn't want to do it, but I knew he spoke to me and I did it. And the more I did it, the better I felt about it. And I thought, man, this is good. This is good. I didn't say it out loud, but I was thinking, you know what? This is righteous. Now, I'm not going to put a badge on. I'm not going to go around telling people I'm righteous. But I got to tell you, every time the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you obey the Holy Spirit and you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do because the Holy Spirit's righteous and everything he tells you to do is righteous and you do it, it's righteous. It's righteous behavior. When's the last time you studied your Bible or you came to a Bible study? That's righteous. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. When was the last time you didn't get angry? You had every reason in the world to get angry, but you didn't get angry. Wow. Have you ever? <laughs> no, no confession in the pews. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Have you ever noticed how many times the devil gives us an opportunity to get angry in the course of a day? When was the last time you had a perfect opportunity to get angry, but you decided not to get angry because you read the word and the word says that the wrath of man works, not the righteousness of God. And you knew you were about to go down a pathway you shouldn't go down. And so you didn't get angry. Well, I want you to know that choice not to get angry. That's righteous. Oh, it's just, it's all through the Bible. By the way, we're baptizing in three weeks. Do you know one of the most righteous things you can do is to get baptized? That's one of the most righteous things you can do. You can't save you. You can't change your own life. You can't pull it off. You can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't do it, but when he does it, the one thing you can do is what he's instructed you to do and you can get baptized. When Jesus went to John at the Jordan, he said, John, I want you to baptize me. I love John's response. No, no, I'm not baptizing you. I'm not baptizing you. I want you to baptize me. And Jesus said to John, I believe God was pleased with John's response, but Jesus said, no, it's okay. It's okay, but we need to do this in order to fulfill all righteousness. That's what he said. And the Bible says John baptized. Him. Now I want to ask you a question. Was Jesus righteous before he went to be baptized that day? He didn't need to do anything to be baptized, did he? I mean, to be righteous. But he said, I need to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. W- one translation of the Bible says that he told John, we must do this to carry out all that God requires. You see, when God requires something, you just do it. You just do it. By the way, Jesus began his ministry by personally being baptized. And as he closed his ministry out, he gave the great commission. And he says, go into all nations and make disciples. What? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This whole message is about asking you as a church to just kind of step up your righteousness. Now we have, we've got this mindset that if we even hint about us being righteous, that we, we've just, we, we've missed the mark. But I'm asking you to step up your righteousness. I'm asking you to awake to righteousness to seek righteousness, to pursue righteousness, to hunger and thirst after righteousness, to put on righteousness. I'm asking you to embrace a biblical truth that's talked about some 550 times in the Bible. The word is used over 550 times, and the majority of the time, it's talking about practical or experiential righteousness. That's what I'm asking you to do. And, and, And you may say, Well, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. Friends, yes, you do. Pick your Bible up. Pick just about any page in your Bible. Read it. And then do it. Get in a Bible study. Just just, the Bible is our instruction in righteousness. I'm asking you, isn't it time, church? Isn't it time? Isn't it past time? For the world to see what righteousness really looks like in the people of God. Isn't it time? Now I know, I've heard all the arguments. I I, I know how the devil keeps us quiet and keeps us at bay. Uh, The devil blinds our eyes to some scriptures and illuminates other scriptures. You know, the devil will illuminate scripture if it'll keep you from doing what you need to do here. Because here's what happens. People say, well, wait, Pastor. I didn't think we should ever do anything to be seen of men. I I didn't think we should do our good works to be seen of others. Now, friends, listen to me. If you're doing something good and the only reason you're doing it is to gain recognition and for people to look at you and think think that you're awesome, that you're absolutely right. But if you're doing it As unto the Lord, it is not something, come on, you remember the old King James? It's not something you put under a bushel. You don't light a light and then cover it up. You, you, it it is to be seen. And so I tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we ask the expert of experts what he thinks? Lord? Should people see our good works? Should people see us and know that what we're doing is good? Should they be impressed with us? Lord, I want to hear from you. What's the answer, Lord? Do you hear it? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. I want to tell you when we're doing the right thing, the right way with the right motive and the right purpose, oh, people will see it, but God gets the glory. God gets the glory. And that, that is so significant. Now, I was hoping I, I would get through all of that in time to share with you some things. There's some righteous stuff going on in this church. Now, not just the fact that you're here. You're, you're, there's some righteous stuff going on in this church. I'm not even sure I'm supposed to know this. But did you, uh, recently one member of this church gave an automobile to another member of this church. You know why they did it? Because they needed it. Who does that kind of stuff? People who are hearing from the Holy Spirit. That's Righteousness. That's right. A member of this church, I'm backing up two Sundays now. A member of this church loses her home to a fire, and we call her down and put her here at the front, and spontaneously, without any prior notice, $10,000 is given to her to help start getting her life back in order. Come on, are you, let me tell you. If if, if if the hippies of the '60s and '70s knew about that, they'd say that is righteous. <laughs> that is righteous. I'm convinced that the lost world ought to be seeing us do things, and and they just say, "Man, who does that? Nobody does that kind of stuff except God." There's some there's some righteous stuff going on. L- l- let me let me tell you. Ah, uh, this this amazed me, but um. Uh, our youth pastor, and by the way, he, he's a cool dude, isn't he? He's cool. I mean, I, I don't even understand it. He, I've always wanted to be cool. But some people just, and he doesn't even have any hair. he's cool and, and i gotta tell you he hasn't been at this church very long i, I mean he has been here a while but he's only been on staff a short time and he's got the coolest office you've ever seen it sometimes just makes me mad when i look at his office <laughs> i mean you walk in and you think whoa this is like the coolest office on the planet and uh and every now and then i go by to just look at his, nobody's ever just come to the church to see my office. Just, but they go look at his office. And not long ago, I walked in his office. Listen, I'm talking about righteous stuff now. I walked in his office and I looked over at the window seal and I see these things on the window seal. And I thought I knew what they were. But I said, Blackie, what is that? And he said, they're vape pens. Ah. Oh. This is cause for dismissal. And there's like five vape pens. I found out later, four more vape pens. One of them was a marijuana pen. Just right out there. What, 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 What kind of youth pastor do we have? I said, "Man, you got to explain this." He said, "I've been telling the youth." that nicotine probably next to heroin is one of the most addicting drugs out there. And I've been telling them that it's a gateway drug to things far worse. And I've been telling them there's a right way. By the way, another way to say that is a righteous way. I've been telling them there's a right way. And he said, these represent five of our youth Who have come forward and laid them down and said, I wanna go after the Lord. I wanna go after the Lord. Five trophies of righteousness in that window seal. Come on, that's good stuff, isn't it? That's good stuff. Now, I, I've skipped one of the most important things. Um, uh, if, if you have been prayed for in this church and brothers and sisters have laid hands on you and prayed for you, would you just stand up and testify? You're not going to have to say anything. I just want you to stand up. If you've been prayed for in this church and things changed, the power of God just coursed through you. you you've been prayed for, you've been changed. Oh, friends, that's righteous. That's brothers and sisters praying one for another and blessing one another and doing something. I don't even understand this, but the Bible says if we confess our faults one to another and pray one for another, we'll be healed. And when people get honest and we lay hands on them, God does the work. We don't do it, but God does it and he does it through us. Be seated just for a second. I'm gonna share one more verse and then I'm closing. Here it is, Romans 14. 17 through 18. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, can I just stop here and tell you, I've known a lot of people in my life who wanted peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, but they didn't want righteousness. But can I tell you the door that leads to peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is the door that has righteousness written on it. It's the door that you go through when you say, Lord, I I mess up. And by the way, you're never gonna be completely righteous, but you can grow in righteousness, grow in grace, and you can start doing the things the Bible teaches. But here's what I want you to see. It says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit for he who serves Christ. Did you know pursuing a life of righteousness is service to Christ? But he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by man. Did you know, l- let me tell you, Here, we're afraid to preach holiness and righteousness anymore in the church. Do you know why we're afraid it'll run people off? But can I tell you what's running people off? Is a church that claims to know the Lord, but there's no evidence of righteous living. That just turns everybody off. But I'm telling you, there is a righteousness that is acceptable to God. And notice it says, and approved by men. Accepted, acceptable to God, and approved by men. That's what we want. Would you bow with me, please? As the team comes back to the stage. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for righteousness that comes through faith and belief and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for imputing to us, crediting our account with something that we could never earn, never deserve, never be good enough for. Thank you for that. Lord, we don't want to hide behind that when it comes to our responsibilities. We want righteousness to be a pathway for us. Father, would you bless this church? I, I'm asking you, Lord, We, I, I'm praying that decisions will be made right now during this invitation, but Lord, I'm asking you more than anything else that a whole paradigm shift would take place in this church, that this would be a church that's hungering and thirsting and seeking and pursuing and waking up to righteousness for your honor and your glory. And I pray, Father, for peace. Uh, In the Holy Spirit, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit over every person here today. Lord, those who need to be baptized, uh, I pray that they'll make it public today. Those who need to be saved, let it happen today, Lord. Let them trust you. Lord, those who need to be prayed for, hands need to be laid on them and prayed for, let it happen this morning, Lord. Lead, Holy Spirit, your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.